We're going to be in Genesis chapter 19. And we have come to one of the more shocking and controversial chapters in Genesis. And again, the word Genesis means origin. And we will, we will witness the origin of bad neighborhood activity. The original sin cities, I like to call this. And looking at this today, we say to ourselves that it's nothing to us. You know, we see this stuff all the time. But back then, it, it was not exactly as common as we see it today. Uh, we are looking at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, two neighboring uh, cities neighboring each other in the east of the Dead Sea. And this was a place that people would say that if you, if you go to get out of there quick, hide your wallet, uh, don't go down these particular streets. Yet, they were beautiful. They were lushful cities with a lot of resources, very attractive place from the exterior view. But again, they were two different cities. So it would be like comparing two fancy cars sitting on display with shiny paint jobs, you know, beautifully built. But one of them had a bad engine and the other one just blew its transmission. And two places like that looked good, but they went nowhere, just like those cars that were broken down. So as we look at today, we, we kind of shrug our shoulders, and, and we think nothing of it. We say to ourselves that it's normal. Well, what may seem normal doesn't exactly make it right. And nowadays, you know, something gets legalized, and then now we take it as, as ethical. Or we could mistake it as being ethical because somebody legalized it. And then people become a product of their own surroundings. And there you have it. You see, it's amazing how small a ship in a large ocean can have an oil spill, and now the vast majority of that ocean and its wildlife is at risk of death. And that's what sin does. When it enters the cities, it spreads and causes destruction and death to those who never made it out of it. So if we suffer from a particular vice, and, and don't get rid of it or cut it before it spreads, then we just end up justifying ourselves and our actions. And we have to realize that, that God loves us the way we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us this way. If we like ourselves and our state of minds now, then, then we won't grow into whatever God has in store for us. As This is a tough chapter to read. No chapter in the Bible comes back void, though. God uses all things for his glory. So may we see what he has in store for us. Okay, so this is, again, this is never an easy thing to read about destruction and to read about the things that, that, that we see. And a lot of people, again, they, they like to blame God. How can he do such a thing? How can this be? But we don't always look at each other and we, we don't look at the things we do and, and, and say things. We, we want to blame God, you know. And, and so, this, this, again, this is hard. This is very hard because it's heartbreaking to see the things that happen. But, you know, when God gives a warning, when God, when God says, this is what I, what I approve of and this is what I don't approve of, then we should definitely take notice. After all, we do obey the, the laws of our land, do we not? And a lot of times we don't even question. Now, we don't obviously obey every single law, but... 
we, we take more ref, reverence to the laws of the land than we do towards what God has said. And that's where the kicker is. Is that we will follow, we will follow those laws. You know, anybody, any of us who drives a car, every single one of us is guilty of exceeding that speed limit until we see a law enforcement officer somewhere nearby and then we let off the gas and then when we do not see that law enforcement officer, then we, we speed it right back up to where we were going. That's what we do. We think that God doesn't see. And, and we do the things we do. We think the way we think. Because out of sight, out of mind. Well, unfortunately in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was, there was no knowledge or care, obviously, of God or who he was. And, and so in the previous chapter, in the previous chapter of chapter 18 in Genesis, God had come down with two angels to visit with Abraham and gave him the news of what was coming. But Abraham went ahead and, and, kind of made a deal with God that he said, if you could find this many people who are righteous in the city, may you not destroy it. Well, God said, if I could find this many people, which I think it started out from 50 people, and then it, came, and then it kind of came down to the number of 10 by the time Abraham was done debating. And God said, I will not destroy it if I could find that many people that are that are righteous in that city. Well... What we come to now is we come to the time where the, now the city is going to be visited. The two cities, or at least the, the city of Sodom will first. Um, the cities are going to be de- uh, visited by the angels to see firsthand. And, and so it's amazing. It's amazing to know that, you know, again, that God is willing to even come down here to, to dwell or, or to observe us. But it's scary, you know, when we look at things around our society. That when the things that we see, we think to ourselves like, well, we see that God's presence obviously is not in this location. And we're going to see that now. Let's take a look now at Genesis chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. And it says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom when Lot saw them. He rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Hear now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned in to him, and he entered, entered his house, and then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. Now in, in chapter 18, angels first visited Abraham as they ate at his place and then gave Abraham some insight that Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be destroyed. So we see the angels had shown and Lot had recognized their divine presence, obviously. They had most likely come down in human form as others that showed up to the house calling them out asked for the two men to come out. So now back to, uh, now to back up just a little bit. As they approached the city gates, you know, Lot was standing there at the city entrance, which in ancient uh, times officials uh, or elders would stand at the city entrances during the times of the day to handle issues or conflicts, kind of like judges would in a court system. 
Now, because he was hanging out there, that was a good indication that he became a man of importance over there, possibly. We knew from previous chapters that Lot was very wealthy, and he had numerous servants on his watch. But there was nothing speaking about Lot once he had moved to Sodom, except that he was taken hostage and then rescued by Abraham as neighboring areas uh, were at war with each other. That's really all we heard. And as Abraham, Abraham had been dwelling in Canaan, where God had led him, we had accounts of what was going on with Abraham. God was doing some amazing works with him. And amazing works in the life of Abraham. We had covenants that were made. We had the promises of a son from him and his wife Sarah. Sarah being 90 years old, Abraham at being 99 years old. He was told that he was going to be the father of many nations. And Lot, there wasn't much to see over there, uh, over the years for Lot. But we see that what was going on over there in Sodom and Gomorrah was definitely not what you would see as the world's safest and family-oriented cities on a yearly Best Places to Live article. Lot was extremely uh, adamant in verse 3 that the two men should stay at his place as they were just going to stay in the middle of the town square outside for the night. Lot knew exactly what this city was about. And the house was surrounded by these men of young and old. And that's that can't ever be an easy feeling. I used to work with someone um, some years back who used to work for a telephone company. And he used to deliver telephone books. And he had to go to a city that was very well known for being a violent, unsafe place. And so he walked into the telephone company with some phone books. Now, granted, he, he wasn't alone. He, was, he had his girlfriend with him, and, and she was uh, driving around with him uh, while he was working. And so he had some telephone books, and he walked into the facility, and there happened to have been a police officer sitting there inside the door. And when he walked in, the police officer kind of looked at him shockingly and asked, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I, I work for this company, and I'm here to... Uh, I'm here to deliver these phone books. So the officer told him, well, go ahead and just put them right down there. And he said, if I were you, I'd get out of here right away. And he, the guy didn't even think anything of it. He's just like, okay. So he put the phone books down. And as soon as he walked out the door into the parking lot of his car, his car was surrounded by guys trying to get into his car to his girlfriend. And so he he was able to escape. But but again, just that experience of of walking in somewhere... And then within minutes later to come out and find your car surrounded by people trying to get in after you. Man, that just had to have been a heart-stopping moment for him and for her. So I can only imagine what was going on over here at Lot's house. As, as, as the city, the majority of the city was surrounding his house. This is pretty wild. This is wild stuff. That, that they, were, they were completely surrounding the place. So when you look at crime ratings in your local neighborhoods, this place was the original don't walk around at night places. See, Lot knew his surroundings. Okay, Whether he, he knew it before moving there, we don't know. But the question is, is why, why stay is the true question. Okay, That's the true question. Why stay at a place like that? Now let's look at verse 5 through 11 as it shows why the house was surrounded. And they called Lot and said to him, 
Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they, came, they became weary trying to find the door. So this is always, again, a chapter that has baffled many. Especially Lot, who was willing to send his daughters to be taken advantage of. See, the majority of the town noticed the men slash angels, okay, uh, and, and requested Lot to send them out as it was their intent to rape them. But the hard understanding to many was, how could Lot do that to his own daughters? Now, from a cultural standpoint, when you had guests, you took responsibility for them, whether it was feeding them uh, typical hospitality, but you, you also were to protect your guests from harm. But from a moralistic standpoint, there isn't one. You know, Lot had obviously spent a little too much time in Sodom and became acclimated to the ways of life. Throughout the Bible, many cities in parts of Europe and Asia Minor and the Near East spoke of geographical debauchery. In certain places, and to this day, we still see places of questionable activities. So the question is, why stay there again? Why would you stay there? Now, from the looks of it, by Lot's choice to throw his daughters out to them, uh, he, Lot had fallen into the ways of the world over there. In previous chapters, I mentioned geographical differences in the ways of places when it comes to God, knowing God and walking with God. And in cases, when people move somewhere, they merge into the atmosphere of that place and the ways of life. You know, I've read articles from survival experts who have said that in, in order to make it somewhere in an unknown land, it's best to observe the ways of the wildlife or the native residents in places of remote loca locations to live as they do in order to make it. But we have also seen that doesn't work for many people. See, the people of this place were so bad that they were going to harm Lot even worse. And when the angels had blinded them, they were still making their way into the door, which shows the, the desire of sinful acts. As anyone else in the Bible who was blinded, they were dreadfully afraid, and they stopped whatever it was they were doing. And there was a, a few people we could read about that were blinded, and they were just scared to death. They didn't. They stopped whatever it was they were doing. But these guys, these guys were still making an attempt to do what it was they were going to do. You know, Lot could have been a, a form of salt and light in the city. And, and praise God for willing missionaries who venture into places to make the Lord known. 
But bad company does corrupt good character. Therefore, you know, there, there's been numerous cases where families have moved out of a, out of a bad place and they've seen a, a difference in their kids' demeanor and, and ways once they, uh, once they got there. And may God be in your graces, wherever you may be, or wherever you may go. But he must first be the one directing the path, as we will see the results of what I'm talking about here. We must always remember that, that God must first direct our paths before, the, before we go anywhere. And we see the result of that. Again, just to kind of give a little bit of a recap here of how Lot ended up over here is because Lot ended up over here in this land because of a fight with his uncle Abraham. Lot and his, Lot and his men had many. Abraham had 318 men working for him, servants. And when, they'd gotten, when they had gotten to the land of Canaan that God had promised Abraham, there was, there was contention and fight between lies, Lot's men and Abraham's men. They were fighting over territory of land. Uh, it'd be like uh, Lot's sheep were grazing next to Abraham's, and, and uh, Lot's, Lot's sheep herders were probably fighting with Abraham's sheep herders and kicking each other's sheep out of the area, or whatever the case may be. Okay, just to kind of give an example of what was probably going on. So there was contention between the two. And Abraham, being the, the chosen man of God that he was, came in and, and tried to plead with Lot, saying, hey, there is absolutely no reason we should be fighting. And Abraham, even though the land was given to him, Abraham gave Lot the first choice of, of taking whatever he wanted. Whatever side you want, Lot, you go ahead and take. I'll take the opposite. There is no reason for us to fight well, it's said in previous chapters that Lot looked up and he took a gander to the east and he seen Sodom and Gomorrah. This place of, of ancient glitz and glamour. And he, and he said that that's where he wanted to go. So from there, he basically moved over there to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, what he, I don't know if he was aware of what was going on over there, but there were some wars that were happening. Some wars happening between neighboring cities. And so these wars that were happening caused a lot to be uh, to be captured by uh, by an enemy neighbor. And so who comes into the rescue was Abraham and his 318 men who attacked uh, and rescued Lot by night. So that's that's the last we heard of Lot. He was rescued by Uncle Abraham, but. Lot stayed. Lot obviously stayed right there. He didn't pack up and 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 move back. And I'm sure Abraham probably. It doesn't say it in the Bible, but knowing Abraham, he probably gave him uh, gave him an, an open door to come back home. But uh, Lot obviously decided to stay where he was at, from the looks of things, because some years had gone by now. Now, as we look at uh, verses 12, we're going to be looking at verses uh, 12 to 19, and then the men said to Lot. Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you, you have in the city? Take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons, sons-in-law he seemed to be joking. 
When the morning dawned, the angels urged to, uh, Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and go and your, and your two daughters and who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor, uh, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest someone, some evil overtake me, and I die." We see that Lot had developed some bad roots in Sodom as he was keeping uh, the angels from plucking him out. And it got to the point where he had, uh, he had to be physically removed. Now, these son-in-laws were, were probably soon to be son-in-laws, okay? Because Lot had said um, <clears throat> that his daughters have not uh, been with a man before. When, when, the, uh, when the men of Sodom were calling out the two angels, Lot had said that my daughters have not been with a man, uh, which would indicate that they were arranged to be married by betrothal. Uh, so Lot was probably, Lot had probably betrothed them uh, through arranged marriage, because a lot of times in these ancient days, even though you weren't technically uh, married yet, they referred to them as in-laws and, and, and uh, wives or husbands or whatever the case may be. But they did not act in the form of a married couple yet until it was actually uh, legalized. Okay, so they, they didn't believe Lot for whatever reason. This, these these son-in-laws, perhaps his integrity was questionable to them. Obviously, if he offered his daughters, uh, that was a given, but he was respected and he would be respected enough that they would have trusted what was being said and they would have gone with him. Lot was unfortunately rooted in the city of Sodom as he pleaded with the angels not to go. You know, it's like prison doors opening. And the one in the cell refusing to leave. And the reason for that being is because they become institutionalized. When someone becomes acclimated to something, they refuse to see the light when they've been living in the darkness for so long. And Lot has obviously been there for a while, because the last time we heard about Lot, Abraham had not yet had his son Ishmael. And in the previous chapters, Ishmael uh, was around 13 years old when Abraham circumcised him. So it looks like it's been well over 13 to 14 years that Lot has been in Sodom, at least. It's kind of a guess, uh, judging from the time that Abraham had had Ishmael. So it was well over 13 years. Lot was like many who become shaped by their environment. Uh, when God sends people to shape the environment, okay, so unfortunately when God sends somebody to shape the environment, the people become shaped by their environment, which is where the, the term salt of the earth comes from, right? Salt was used to preserve food in these days. You know, they would rub salt on the meat to preserve it. You know, as God, God has called us to preserve the earth. As we are on it like salt, we're on it for a time to season it. And I've said in the past that there, there's the old saying that if, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, that is wrong. And it's also very deadly. Okay, God has always commended and protected and blessed those who didn't join them. 
And we will see that in the book of Exodus when God established the tribe of Levi to be a a holy priesthood when they didn't join the others in the unholy celebration of the golden calf worship. Now may God help us and societies who allow geographical cultures and ways to mold us into whatever it is that they want us to be outside of God's standard. You know, societies and geographic locations do not mold a person. You know, only the skilled hands of a potter can. And the potter is the Lord. Okay, we're the clay. But when it dries up and gets hard, it can't be molded. As Lot was drying up in Sodom, he had a plan. He had a plan. Let's see in verse uh, verse 20 through 29 what was to happen. Now, see, this city is near enough to flee, and it is a little one. Please let me escape. There is not a little one, and my soul shall live. And he said to them, See, I have favored you concerning this thing, also in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot had entered Zoar, and then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew these cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back and behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent uh, sent Lot out of the midst to overthrow, of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Now, when I said that God wants us to be the salt of the earth, there was no pun intended for what we just read about Lot's wife. Uh, They were told, when you escape, do not look back. Lot's wife did, and was turned into a pillar of salt, it said. Why and how that happened was not something we hear happen to someone else in the Bible. Uh, this was obviously an act of judgment for disobedience. But when God calls someone out of a lifestyle or a place of debauchery, we are to never look back again. As the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, uh, the writings of she looked back had a meaning of looking with intent, like I will return, or she had a look like I just want to go back. So there was something in her heart that just wasn't quite right. And, and, and so therefore it's why they were told not to look back. But she looked back with some form of intent. And Sodom and Gomorrah in these days were, they were very beautiful places, rich in resources, agriculture. But this was, this was thousands of years ago. And, and the region now is a, des, a desolate desert located in Jordan. You know, archaeologists have discovered remains of what was uh, homes, and throughout the area, sulfur was found embedded. Just uh, just some years back, more digging was done, and and things were found like plates and household items. Uh, Skeletal remains with burnt walls around them were located. And so we have archaeological evidence of a catastrophe in these areas. And to this day, more things are discovered showing the proof of biblical truth in existence. 
you know, it's funny that archaeologists that don't even read the Bible or even believe in God will use the Bible as their map book. But I want to turn our direction to a more positive direction. And that, and that direction was a short distance to the west in Hebron, where Abraham was, uh, was. Verse 29 says, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst. See, it's good to have people who are close to God praying for those who are not walking with him. And this is a great example, as God remembered Abraham. You know, there is a passage in James, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, that says, The, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And other Bible translations in English says that the, the prayers are powerful and effective of a righteous man. So Lot didn't, Lot didn't pray for God's deliverance. Abraham did. We see that Lot was preserved by the asking of Abraham, and not because of Lot so much, but by the true heart that Abraham had for anyone there. Is Abraham negotiated with God to spare any number of people that were possibly in God's graces. See, God sees and hears all things, but we see that he hears those who stand closest to him with an open ear. You know, God seeks people wanting him and his ways. Which this shows us to be uh, praying for those around us with hope that that through the prayers of others that people will be saved. Now let's go ahead and finish up in verse 30 to 38 here. And then it says, Then Lot went up to Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now, the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on earth to come into us uh, as the custom of all earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she laid down or when she, laid down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn, uh, the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab, and he is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. So one would have to wonder again, after reading this, how bad was it during the times of Noah that God caused to flood the earth? You know, yes, fire did rain on these two cities, but how much worse was it then after reading all of this? Well, if anything could be said about the Bible, it is absolutely truthful and and not fairy tale like whatsoever. You know, there is no cultural reasoning for what Lot's daughters did here. Yes, lineage was extremely important amongst the people in these times and regions, but this was not a wise decision on the daughters. They probably thought they were the last people on earth or something. But what it came down to was they were they were products of their surrounding. You know, Lot walked away from from God. His daughters were not raised with God. 
You know, God may allow us to be somewhere in a place that is very secular. We may be in a sec- in secular universities, workplaces, but we're not to lose our, ide- our identity in these places when it comes to God. The two sons of the daughters were the founders of the Moabites and the Amorites, which turned out to be uh, two of Israel's most hated enemies. You know, both were located in the Jordanian area. Uh, Moab was directly east of the Dead Sea, and uh, the Amorites, they settled in the mountain regions of Jordan. See, the polluted birth of these two sons brought a polluted society in these two areas. And as for Lot, this is the last of what we hear from him. Sodom and Gomorrah and that region was the last we have seen and heard of in the Bible. Lot was not mentioned anymore. But the legacy of Abraham was always intact. It's a shame to see what became of Lot, you know, in his last known story here. But it was his choice to go there. And it was his choice, obviously, to adapt the ways of life. You know, every day is a new day to make a change. And changes come within minutes, seconds even. You know, Lot was living a normal day until his visitors came. And his life was different within an evening. Now, as for us, are we ready when when major change comes? Can, Can we say that we will leave a lasting impression? Will our legacy be that of the Lord's approval? But there's one important thing that must be done. The receiving of salvation. The receiving of salvation is is the only thing that is going to matter. You know, when we look at everything that people do on earth, we might have a great story. We might have accomplished some wonderful things. But in the end, it's going to amount to nothing. In the end, it's going to amount to nothing. The only thing that matters is what's done for God. Because there's two places. There's two places that are eternal. And God gives the choice of which one that we want to go to. Just like the, just like God gave the choice for people to live how they want to live here on earth. As I've always said, we're never free from the consequences. We're free to choose what we want, but we're never free from consequences. But again, our legacy on earth can be what we will bring with us into eternity when we receive, when we receive the Lord. He remembers everything we do for Him. So the importance here, the reminder, is to receive Him first and foremost. And then from there, to seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will follow. So as, I re- as I've read this, this story, this account that happened, and as a lot of people have argued the, the truth and the existence of this, yet we find archaeological proof of this area, and, and archaeological proof of a catastrophe. Do we believe? Do we believe in our Lord? And what He says and what He's done? So I want to invite you that if you believe in Him, and if you want to follow Him, He said that the only way was to receive His Son, the Lord Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, in order to receive salvation. And I want to give that opportunity to receive Him if you feel led. 
And it's a simple process of prayer. It's a simple process of faith, of receiving him in truth, recognizing who he is, and receiving him as Father, Lord, and Savior. So if you want him, say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of my sins. Father, I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And Lord, I ask of you to wash me clean, Lord, of all of my sins. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I want to thank you for having me, Lord. For receiving me as I have received you, Lord. Father, I receive you now as my Father and my Lord. And Lord, I love you, I praise you, and I thank you. And I receive you now, in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Well, again, as some of these chapters are a hard pill to swallow, they are pills that need to be swallowed. All things need to be observed. God didn't give us a Bible just to pick and choose what we want to read or what we like or don't like. He, he gave it to us for a reason. And if you've ever read the whole thing before, as I've said before, I'll continue to say, how can we say that we really know who God is and what he wants unless we've read the full Bible before? So that's the, the goal of this ministry, is that we will be able to, to receive the full counsel of God. And more importantly, that he will be received, because that's what it comes down to. This ministry is not to dangle carrots in front of anybody. This ministry is to equip the saints and to lead the people to the Lord for the, for the sake of salvation and love. So again, we'd love to hear from you. May God bless you. May God keep you. And watch over you always. Take care.